We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 31, the show that doesn't want to speak to the manager. We want to parlay with the CEO. <laughs> Each episode, we'll check in. Yeah, very fancy. We will check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time. So my name is Jin, one of the top Necrolord Fury Warriors around. It's far less impressive than it sounds. <laughs> and I'm joined by the only person I know with some actual parlay experience because pirates. It's Alan. <laughs> because pirates. That makes me very happy. <laughs> well, I mean, it works because, you know, Secret Monkey Island. I'm sure there's a parlay something in there somewhere, somewhere, maybe. Yes. Or or puns about parlays. Oh, OK. Well, that, that counts. That absolutely counts. Yeah, it counts. Totally. Well, besides pirate shenanigans, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what have you been up to, Allie? Because <laughs> I just assume pirate shenanigans. It's kind of a default it's, baseline. It's safe, to, it's, it's, it's safe to assume that. Yep. Because uh, pirate shenanigans, Shen- shenanigans in general. You mean shenanigans? Oh, you're talking about shenanigans, right? It's high roll. That's just how it is. Uh, so I, I can happily report that my raid team finally downed Remnant and Dormazane on Heroic. So that was cool. Unfortunately, the Remnant kill... Wait, nope. Dormazane. Wait, was it Dormazane? <laughs> yes, Dormazane happened. One of them. <laughs> it's been a day. I'm sorry. One of them. No, uh, Dormazane. The Dormazane kill happened while I was recording my latest episode of Dungeon Fables. A good episode. So, good listen. Oh, thanks. Uh, so <laughs> I was talking about killing Black Hand and they were off killing, uh, you know, Dormazane. Yeah. With Garrett Usher. It's, it's fitting. It's fitting. But uh, it's it's okay. We'll get it. This hopefully this week I'll get my kill in. But I was there. I, like I got on just in time for the remnant kill, which was wonderful because we had to fight that one for a couple of weeks now. So that was good to finally get that kill. That must feel nice. Yeah, we we oh, uh, just keep so going good. and going and going, and it's like yeah, it's always good. I always like that feeling. Yeah, yeah. We we were starting to get a little burnout hitting the wall over and over. So that was that was really good. Other than that, I've been doing some Torghast and Corthia like normal when I have the time to. I did Mister Pandaria time walking, as I am one to do with the time walkings, because dungeons and I want the time reaver mount, and I'm trying to make sure I have enough tokens to get whatever Legion mount comes out with Legion time walking. Oh, because we get that soon. Woo. Yeah, that's right. That's my little excited dance, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, that's that's enough about me. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I don't know. We were just doing some stuff and raid last week. Other than that, I don't freaking know. Um, I'm I'm, t- I'm a little tired. You just seeing you know, everybody. I'm a little tired. Seventy five hard. I'm on day fifty six of this crap. I'm getting a little, little, little tired. Just gonna say, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish. It's we're we're good. It's just uh. I, you kind of, I don't know, I, I, the, the long time ago, long time ago in the yesteryears, I actually did run a marathon. And there's a point where you just kind of, 
as, as, as Ali was saying, you run into a wall and you're just like, <laughs> you keep going and you finish, but boy, is it, it's getting a little, you, you just, you're just getting a little tired of it. That's all. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm a little tired and I would, uh, I'm really looking forward to just being done. Like I'm doing little countdowns, like oh, how many, we're down to like 18 days now. By the time you oh, listen to this. Oh, you're so close. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you That's listen awesome. to this, it's going to be like almost 12 days. It's, it's not going to be very much. So, yeah. It's going to be fabulous. Yeah. yeah I think it com- I think this episode comes out on day 63 of this whole crazy crap. Yeah. Does it help that you have that light at the end of the tunnel? Oh, yeah. 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 If I was feeling like this on like week two, I'd be like, well, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, we're, we're, we're writing, we're right there. We, we can see day 60 right around the corner. So it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. This is a Tuesday. Day 60 is Saturday. So <laughs> it's like right, right there. Yeah. It's getting a little little long in the tooth. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to be being done with the, the, the craziness. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But we do have one more recording before before we're officially done. So I, I, could, so I guess next time I'm going to sound like I've, I don't know. Like some freaking like I don't know war veteran like oh man you guys seventy five hours so bad because <laughs> 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 I think uh, I think I, I did the I, I did the math today I think we were recording on day seventy one or something like that where it's like something yeah very close to the end very close so yeah yeah looking forward to that. Oh, and then my little joke about be, me being like the best necro necro fury warrior. I was playing around in Warcraft. Uh, Warcraft logs and because let's just say uh, if you do filter it down to uh, Necrolord Fury Warriors and then you, you filter it by just heroic raids not mythic just heroic raids I am top 23 out of like everyone that is wow look <laughs> so at the, you so the point is is that there's not very many of us there's, there's not very right many. but still <laughs> there's, there's not very many of us <laughs> Considering how many people play the game and stuff, like that's that's still pretty impressive. Yeah, that was like, yeah, it's basically like you are the best worst warrior around. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, because it is it's the it's the worst choice for the <laughs> It really is. But if you're happy there, then it's the best choice. Well, I am happy there, but I think I will be doing taking advantage of the the nine one five silliness where I can just go wee and bounce around. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Because you know that that hunter, there's a good chance that I'm going to complete the night pay campaign on my warrior <laughs> before I ever as get to it. As long as finally complete it somewhere, I will be happy. <laughs> Dear Lord, I feel like it's gonna at this point. I feel like it's gonna be easier to do on my warrior. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, because what is it? Did this episode? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, nine one five will be out. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Yeah. So yeah, I could. I could guarantee it will be easier <laughs> to do the story <laughs> on my warrior than to do it on my hunter, who's already like renowned. You know, like four. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Good job. So good. Yeah. So yeah, I will finally report back on how that's happening. Come next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, next episode you're gonna be like, so how's that? Uh, how's that knife? I'm gonna be like, Venter's mm, doing all right. I, uh, <laughs> it's a Venter one. Actually, that's honestly what I fully expect. So if you surprise me and say, I, you know, th- I finished, and here's the things, and I'm gonna be like, 
super surprised. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, enough about me. What, we, what the heck are we drinking? Hmm? Well, before we move on to drinking, we do have a couple other things we could talk about. What's that? Well, one of them is that we did Council of Beers Fall. <gasps> I forgot about that. That was fun. So it was the fourth Council of Beers Fall. I was hosting it this time. I spent hours that I'm not going to announce how many hours on the Twitch layout for it. Very proud of how it turned out. But it was a lot of fun. Just it talking about 915. Not, not 915, but, you know, kind of just doing some deeper dives into some of the things that happened in 9-1. You know, things we've talked about on this show and some other things here and there, as well as what we expect for the future and predictions and whatnot. And it was a lot of fun. I know I'm going to release the feed, feed on Dungeon Fables. Are we going to release that on this feed too, you think? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So you'll, you'll hear it on this feed at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's something else that we could probably talk about. There is. I was going to let you do this one. Oh, yeah. I could do that one. So, hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you like World of Warcraft because if you do, why the heck are you listening to this? That'd just be silly. Uh, but there's a good chance, not a not guarantee, but a good chance that you also like good Dungeons chance. and Dragons. So if you like Dungeons and Dragons and you're like, hey, I think it's kind of funny when these uh, semi-entertaining, possibly almost <laughs> interesting people uh, <laughs> like say things in the microphones and they're also playing Dungeons and Dragons at the same time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. So if you're interested in that and you're like, hey, I like Dungeons and Dragons and I want to see these two silly folks uh, play some Dungeons and Dragons, you should stop by. Uh, my little Twitch channel. It's uh, twitch.tv slash joint. Yeah, that's the one. I finally got my own channel. Look at that. <laughs> you know, Good job. Casablanca, you get the idea. Jen's joint, right? Of all the Jen's yeah. joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. joke. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a joke, everybody. <laughs> I muted it myself, so the clinkiness of the ice in my cup wouldn't get picked up by the mic and i'm over here dying because of him so <laughs> that's a that's the thing you all miss my crazy laughter it's good times uh-huh well anyway well anyway yeah that is gonna be on november november 20th we will be playing our very first game now yep, that is a saturday at 3 p.m pacific sure i'll do the math for you 6 p.m eastern yeah there you go and then i'm i don't know plus eight what was that for for london uk time nah, i'm not gonna do that I can, <laughs> it's too hard 11 p.m. There you go. I think I it's it for plus you. six from Eastern. So I think it's plus seven from where I am. No. Yeah, plus it is. It's plus seven. Uh, yeah. It's plus eight Math. for me. Plus five. Yeah. Plus five. Yeah. Yeah, it's 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Yo, that place. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> do you do you want to share who's playing or are you going to wait? Oh, sure. Yeah, we could talk about that. Well, I... Mr. Jan will be DMing, so I will be uh, playing the role of monster, right? So that's basically <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so all the bad guys, that's me. Uh, Allie will be playing, obviously. And then Mr. Allie is going to be there, too. He's going to be playing, yeah. uh, apparently, uh, Eric, Eric, Eric Coca, Eric Coca. It's <laughs> a bird. Great person. He's <laughs> got an accent playing and everything. He's so excited. Yeah. yeah, and then we got Berserker. Berserker's going to be playing. Yeah, that was going to be fun. He is uh, going to be playing a paladin. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Berserker from the uh, the fine podcast, uh, Unshackled Fury, you know, for the, mm-hmm. for the uh, warrior aficionado that I am. Yep. And then we also have uh, Burke or uh, DM Burkhart from uh, World Building with Burke, uh, that podcast that I actually really enjoy listening to. And 
It's good. I will admit one of the inspirations for me finally doing this. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, he's going to be playing a very interesting bard. So yeah, come, yes. come check that out. <laughs> and let's see. So we got total of that one and that one. I think we got them all. Oh, wait, there's one more, right? There's one more. There, 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 there's one more. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you follow this wonderful and charming and just the most like just just best person on Twitter with the uh, gives the best hugs too. Yeah, uh, it is Lance or you know at Strong Coffee. I believe is his Twitter handle. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, Lance Blizz Gamer, he is going to be playing along right along with us. He's going to be playing the probably the most hysterical rogue you've ever <laughs> come across. Because let's just say. The backstory, very interesting. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it as a DM. I can imagine. Just our, so we we gathered this past weekend. Jen and I were a lot with together a lot on Saturday, uh, but this past we gathered this past weekend for like a session zero, just to kind of lay down some groundwork and get to know each other's characters a little bit, kind of thing. And just hearing how he's already kind of handling certain answers to certain questions, I'm super excited to see what he's doing with it. Yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, I think I think you'll all love it. So yeah, look forward to that. And we will definitely remind you next episode for sure, too, because it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, so let's see because of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing we said something this episode because the next episode that we record is on the 9th and then that comes out on the 16th and we're going to be playing on the 20th. So yeah, look at look how that every other week thing works out. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm glad you reminded yeah. me to say something because that would have been silly. <laughs> <laughs> we only gave people four days heads up. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! They can catch the VOD, it's okay. Yeah, that's true, that's true. It's gonna be good. Alright, well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've DM'd too, so... Mm. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So if you like my rambling uh, on these little podcasts, maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll enjoy me DMing and you can come say hi while we're playing. Well, now that that's finally out of the way, I guess we can finally get to what we're drinking. This magnificent <laughs> hippie drink. <laughs> <laughs> He's making me drink a hippie drink. It it's is true. kombucha mule, except his is without vodka. It's true. Mine may or may not have vodka. We will never know. <laughs> we will. The world may never know. Also, it's watermelon kombucha because I'm not a kombucha drinker. And I was like, you know what? Sure, why not? Let's let's go for it. The, the watermelon's nice. The lime, the lime helps with the kombucha. Leveling out the kombuchiness, as I want to call <laughs> <Kombuchiness>. it. Kombuchiness. <laughs> yes, it's kombuchiness. Um, and I don't have the fancy copper mug you're supposed to have for proper mules. Yeah, I do. I just got mm. my I just got my Warcraft <laughs> mug here, the normal one. So, but um, it's I mine's watermelon, like I said. So it's it's a uh, watermelony <laughs> and, and kombuchiness. Kombucha-y. <laughs> kombucha e, uh, and some some lime. I also did a couple drops of, of mint extract because I didn't have the garnish for it, so that's my like replacement. Um, uh, it's not bad. Is it a drink I will actively seek on my own? Probably not. But if in a future episode, Jen's like, "Hey, let's do that drink again," I'll be like, "For you, Jen, yes." <laughs> but not a bloody man. We will get into the kombucha pickles. <laughs> Why are you bringing up pickles? Because because you, you didn't want to do the Bloody Mary because pickles. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That's another that's another reason why I went for this one because I felt bad for saying no to that one. So I'm like, okay, at least this one doesn't have pickles involved, so I can go for this. <laughs> yeah, this stuff is awesome. I love this stuff. But then again, I I, I like kombucha. I that's one of my go to like splurges. Oh, super good. My personal favorite is the guava. This the guava. I uh, did see the guava. I considered oh, it. Oh, There's like one. a mango one too. Mango's okay. Mango's okay, but my favorite is the guava. Oh, it was so freaking good. But no, I, I went I went the straight up ginger, the ginger uh, kombucha, just like the uh, recipe called for. Technically, it's the ginger aid, but it's very gingery, so it's got it definitely. I, tastes I like looked a for that and I did not see that one myself, but I also may not have looked very well because yeah, I got so I, much kombucha. My, my, it's like a freaking jug, right? Well, my, my taste buds are not as you know refined and fancy as yours. And fancy. so I'm not used to the camp kombucha-ness. Like fancy, also for the like. longest time we call for, for the longest time I called it kombucha. So you know that's <laughs> that shows you my level of fancy. Everyone, it's kombucha. Hey everybody, let's get some kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit. <laughs> you say this was a kombucha? All right, sweet, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's the stain now. The kombucha my mule. Kombucha mule. Now. Sweet. Yeah, it's good. I, I give it I give it A plus. A plus. I don't know. Weird rating system over here. Not really rating it. I like it. It's good though. I'm enjoying it. It's way better than that friggin' water I've been drinking, I'll tell you that. Wow. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Nice change of pace, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we can move on from there. But before we get into the craziness of all of that we're gonna be talking about, is we do have a quick little reminder, which is hey. Or let's see if I can, I can do like Allie last time. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> you like supporting shows to talk about hobbies and interests that you are also into? You find yourself talking back to the host out loud while listening in the car or while riding on a train? If you answer yes to any of those questions, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our silly kombucha habits going. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to kill me. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, before we get to the main topic, we do have a little bit of ABK news. It's not in the notes, but I did read about it. So uh, I will go off the top of my head and you can give me all your thoughts and your feelings, which was apparently uh, Activision. They were like, <laughs> um, the parents are fighting uh, judge. Can you just tell them to go away? And the judge said no. So uh, <laughs> good news there. They tried to sleek seek a what I believe is a declaratory judgment, basically saying, eh, this whole thing is bunk. Get it out of here. Bye bye. And the judge said, uh, no, just because the parents are fighting EEOC and DHEF, if you weren't aware, uh, doesn't mean that this case is just going to go away. So good news there. But uh, still bad news that EEOC and DHEF can't come to a uh, conclusion because I did listen to the latest episodes of Opening Arguments where they were talking about this, and it is very interesting. Because apparently... Apparently sometimes I don't watch the... Sh I don't watch the news. Love that kid. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> apparently... You, so, you remember those two those two lawyers that were supposedly creating the... Yes. The... What is it we say? The uh, conflict of interest? That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> So the funny thing was, is it didn't seem like there was, uh, they basically here's, here's the, the, the gist of it. As I remember, it was said that 
they didn't play a substantial role in the EEOC investigation. So, and since they didn't play in an, uh, since they didn't actually play a um, substantial role, it, the rules um, for of conduct didn't mean that they had to disclose their um, their involvement. That's what DHEF is basically claiming. Right. However, EOC is kind of saying mm, no. So, anyways, they'll have to figure all that out. And I don't know what's going on there because, like we discussed in a previous episode, where they're like 18 million. Sounds kind of bleh. Uh, not enough, basically, is what we're saying. Um, yeah, and it's just weird. So, what are your thoughts? Because it's it's all wacky and weird, and everyone is kind of looking at what's like, what is going on? It is wacky and weird. I did not actually realize that Activision Blizzard was trying to get everything to go away. And so when I said the headline that they, when I saw it, that, you know, they were trying to, and the judge said no, I, I laughed this, like, really weird, evil laugh. And my husband in the kitchen was like, what's so funny? <laughs> and I told him the news. Um, on one hand, good on the judge. I'm, I'm glad that that did not work. The fact that they tried definitely does not um, show an example of innocence. It's just this corporate crap. Yeah, wow, yeah. Wow, wow. But anyways, like I'm, I'm disgusted and frustrated that they tried for that. And I'm glad the judge said no, because... Yep bad words that I won't say here on this show. And uh, the other thing too is Francis. Francis. Oh yeah. Hey, what's going on, Fran? How you doing? No. She doesn't get Fran. She's Francis. Francis Townsend. She sent out an email to everyone. You know, the one that was originally like, oh, nothing happens. You're all ridiculous. You horrible whistleblowers. I hate you all. I'm going to block you on Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Now she's sent an email like, Oh, we're so great. We're working so hard to fix this. And 20 people have left and we've punished 20 others. And we're just, we're just really going to work hard for you and gain your confidence. And uh, blah, blah. shut up. No, your words mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yes. It's great that 20 people have exited, whether they chose to leave or not. And that the freezing of that, like exit, like multiple other employees have actually left just for their own you know, sanity or because they got better opportunities somewhere else. So they include that in the 20 because that phrase of 20 exited. I'm like, "Mm, what? Anyways. uh, So just because some people have left, some people have been punished. It doesn't mean you're actually doing anything to address the employee's demands. And while she's right, you have to gain their confidence back because that's going to be a very long uphill climb that I don't know if they'll ever achieve. It's not enough to uh, these words. This email doesn't, make employees feel better. And it was done mere week or week and a half or so before the next stockholders meeting on November 2nd. Hmm. Look at that. Oh, look at us. We're so good and we're working so hard. and We love you all. And we're going to get through this. Oh, hi, stockholders. Look how great we're working on this. Yeah, my favorite thing is that you just have to keep in mind. It's like, uh, you sent the you sent the email saying that oh we're taking care of it we're doing we, we we got rid of twenty bad people said bad uh, and then we 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 said hey you other twenty over here you better shape up or ship out hmm? I thought you said everything was fine <laughs> what was that first email right? you sent us saying hmm, it's all fine what are, what are you talking about what are you, oh. what are you talking about no it's good I've never experienced anything like this what yeah. Yeah, like we're gonna trust you. I just okay. can't even with her. Like how? <laughs> why? 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 
just why? Like, why is Activision Blizzard still making her the face of anything? Right, any emails? Of, I don't know. of anything involving this? Like, the damage was done. Keep continuing to throw her at the problem just makes it worse. I don't know if anything. It's like, well, Fran, you already stepped in it, so uh, keep stepping just in it. We don't bathe care. in it. <laughs> bathe in it. Step in it. No, bathe. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's probably what all the rest of the, uh, the, the C-suite executives are looking at her like, how you do it? <laughs> they already hate you. You, made yourself you look just like keep an ass. doing it. They <laughs> hate you. I don't, mm. They hate me, but they hate you more. So <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, that's probably what Bobby said. It's like uh, go make an ass of yourself again, there, Fran. Good job, Francis. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it for now. Like I said, the, yeah, it's a it's a little crazy. And as soon as we know more, we'll let you know. Hey, look, we're back for more information because this is important to talk about. <laughs> Best transition ever. <laughs> yes, I'm so good at those. So good. So good. So good at transitions. Yeah, anyway, so I thought we would have a quick little check in because, hey, there was some actually some good news when it came to this whole ABK stuff. So, yeah, I'll let you explain it a little bit better, Allie, because... I've only got the gist of it. <laughs> so basically, on the 28th, Bobby Kotick himself came out with a little, little letter to the peoples, basically saying that they're going to waive worker arbitration and they're committing to raise the number of women and non-binary people it employs by 50%. And he cut his salary a lot a lot. Yeah, from my understanding, he cut it to the um, California minimum. Yes. Which was like 60-something thousand. 62, I think? Yeah. So it's like, that's the least you can make. And he's like, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, they're also launching a new zero-tolerance harassment policy company-wide. And in his letter, he says, any Activision Blizzard employee found through our new investigative processes and resources to have retaliated against anyone for making a compliance complaint will also be terminated immediately. Mm, see, I, I find that very funny that they even had to mention this because as someone who has worked at a, you know, very large corporate firm for a very long time, that was already always in place since I've been yeah. there since 2007. So, hmm, interesting at that. But okay, I mean, we'll take it. That's a, it's at least good news. Yes, it is. And it's so there's some people that are a little worried because the the wording on this letter says we are waiving required arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims. So if there's yeah. an issue that's not involving sexual harassment or discrimination, then there still might be arbitration. I don't know. Like, that's more legalese than what I really know. I'm just going off of what Bobby's saying and what other people are saying. But they're also going to increase visibility on pay equity which is another demand that they were, you know, they were wanting some some help with that as well to work on the, the pay equity and stuff. So, you know, it's ho good things, hopefully. I mean, <laughs> I have I have a couple of different thoughts on this, but what are you thinking right now? I mean, my, I think my main takeaway is that they are at least bare minimum. It looks like they are trying to thread the needle of, you know, corporate demands versus, you know, trying to rid the bad actors and, you know, change, do their best to change the culture. And obviously, I'll be honest, I don't think you can actually change the culture 
too very successfully from the C-suite. It kind of has to come from internally. Yeah. And I think that I think just by getting rid of the crap people does a, a, a lot to, you know, start change that culture, which is good. And I think like going to the force arbitration, I definitely believe that the, that language means that in a dispute of sexual harassment and discrimination, there is no forced arbitration, but forced arbitration is still impacted in, you know, any other kind of claim, which, you know, not a full win, but I feel like it's a compromise that is, I would consider to be acceptable, especially considering the uh, nature of most of the, uh, you know, original suit. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And... It's it's good to see that the employees are happy that this is something they're they're still pointing out that Wilmer Hale is still doing things and they're still trying to avoid letting them unionize, which is definitely a source of their frustration. I for me and maybe and I, I tend to not be a cynical person until you push me too far. Then I can be a little cynical and I'm being a little cynical here. Not going to lie, because this came right at right after Blizzard tried to make the lawsuits go away and the court said no. And they're like, okay, last straw. Here you go. Here's all these things we're going to do, I guess. And <laughs> it comes shortly before the next stockholders meeting. Yep. Yeah. And to pile that on with the announcement, there's no, that there's not going to be any BlizzCon yeah. as well. Yeah. And there's no BlizzCon line. And they're saying that they're going to be re-envisioning what that, you know, a, uh, a meeting like that even is in the future. Um, I think hopefully they what they they mean by that is that they are trying to keep, you know, all attendees safety, you know, top of mind because, you know, um, I think you and I have, you know, firsthand experience some bad behavior going on. Right. And it's it's not it's not great. So um, any, anything to I don't know, maybe curb some of that awfulness is is definitely welcomed. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do with all that, because I don't know how much they can curb that because you can't control people and the bad choices they make. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how that works out. So it's, these are, these are good things. I'm, I'm frustrated that it took this long to get to this point. Yeah. It came out what in July and here we are end of October now. After everything else has failed them and, and they can't make the losses go away. Um, but, but it's, it's something <laughs> their hand was forced and now they're, they're trying to do things about it. So hopefully there are good actions behind these words and that it's not just trying to appease the board and the stockholders and the employees and try to do what they can. So, and I understand as corporate, as business, they have to do that. But at the same time, like, let's see some actions behind this. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. But I think think that covers it unless you have anything else to say because i think that wraps up my thoughts on this latest news no i think that's about it i'm definitely going to be looking forward to hearing more from the employees on how they're feeling with this but so far it seems like they are happy that they are at least getting this now yeah and this is coming directly from the uh at a better abk yes. is where this information is where i found it and I saw it and was like, hey, Ali, I think we should talk about this. This seems important enough to, to bring up. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into our fun little topic for today. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you talking about? All yeah, right. Well, before we get into our actual topic, we've got a very special interview that we are very excited about. So 
Rather than waste any more time, let's jump over to that interview. Yes, today in the studio, we're joined by a very special guest that I'm certain you all know and love. Can you go ahead and let the listeners at home know who you are? Garrosh, son of Grom, Hellstream. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us, Garrosh. We are both really excited to get to know just a little bit more about who you are. So going all the way back, back to the beginning of your story, like, like you said, you're the son of none other than Grom Hellscream. But you didn't know your father very well because you were infected with the red pox and you had to live among all of the others infected with Garadar. How did that make you feel? Weak. Oh, Okay. Right to the point then, are we? Uh, very well. Allie, do you want to go ahead and take the next question? Sure. So, Garrosh, your story really starts when you first met Thrall and eventually traveled to Azeroth with him. What was your first impression of Orgrimmar when you first arrived? My people should have taken this world long ago during the first war, but they fell to corruption. In their weakness, they allowed the pitiful races of Azeroth to join the Horde. I will succeed where they have failed, and no power in this world can stop me! Wow, you sound incredibly sure of yourself. I doubt I'd be able to have that kind of confidence. Doubt is for the weak! Alright, alright, I suppose you're right. Anyway, back on topic. After traveling to Orgrimmar, it wasn't long before the Scourge attacked. Many people don't remember this, but uh, it was actually you and Thrall. You actually got, got in the middle of it with a Magra that was never really settled. The only reason it wasn't was because the Scourge attack interrupted it. What led you to the Magra with Thrall? Hmm? What, what, what got you there in the first place? What did you say to Thrall that made him accept that fight? Speak for yourself, Thrall. I won't let my people starve to death in the desert. I will stop at nothing. Nothing to ensure a proud and glorious future for the orcs and anyone with the courage to stand with us. Well, I can see why he accepted. And yet he still put you in charge of the forces sent to Northrend. I guess he believed you when you said you'd stop at nothing. And going along with that, what lessons did you take away from your time commanding the Horde forces in Northrend? Anger, hatred, fear. They are weapons of war. The tools of a war chief. It feels very on brand for you. You are lucky that I don't got you right here, whelp. Dude, sorry about that. I mean, no offense, Mr. Garrosh. Ha, <laughs> pitiful. All right, all right. Let's, let's get back on topic here. When Thrall left you in charge of the Horde, what was your first thought when you were acting war chief? Taste Gorhal Steel! Oh, that's right. Thrall did leave you your father's weapon right before he left for Outland to train with his grandmother. Was there anything else going through your mind now that the Horde was under your control? Yes. Yes, I can see it now. I can see the future of this world. A world ruled by the Horde. My Horde. Okay, moving on. One of the early scandals you endured as war chief was the Makara with Karen Bloodhoof. Many in the audience that day say you were about to lose that fight. And so you had to resort to poison to survive. Is that or any similar rumor about Karen's death accurate? No. No! 
I will destroy everything you have ever loved! Alright, let's take it easy. We're not accusing you of anything here, Garrosh. We're not seeking justice for the death of Karen here. Justice? You don't know the meaning of the word! Alright, calm down, buddy. You can't be popping off like that. Stop me then, human. Alright, all right. hey now, hey now. Let's, let's just all calm down a bit. Let's keep going, shall we? How did it feel when Varian nearly single-handedly ruined your attempt at taking Ashenvale? Now, you die. Okay, I think we're going to wrap up this interview here, folks, before, uh, before these two Alliance mains get herself killed. So, uh, thanks again for joining us, Garrosh. I am your death! Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Garrosh. Thanks. There is no place for you in my world! <laughs> I don't like that guy. <laughs> oh my. But he sure is fun to interview. Oh yes, he gets very angry. He gets triggered. <laughs> he does get triggered. He's triggered really Yikes. easy. He just asks him, like, hey man, you, you were going to lose against Karen. No, was it? <laughs> no. I will kill everything you love. <laughs> All right, so why are we talking about Garrosh today? Well, out of every single character in the Warcraft lore, there are very few that we can safely say we know their absolute end. Previously, we had a whole slew of characters, but Shadowlands kind of threw that out the window. So today, yeah. we wanted to take a moment to talk about his early life and legacy. And in typical fashion, let's start from the beginning. Do-do-do! All right, so going all the way back, this is where we first met Garrosh. And where we first saw his story. So, as we kind of covered in our little interview, and Garrosh confirmed it, Garrosh spent his, <laughs> Garrosh spent his earliest uh, moments in the story uh, in Garadar. Right? So that was the quarantine village for all those infected with the red pox. Mm -hmm. In fact, the very first time he's uh, represented in a novel is when Cargath Bladefist went to Garadar looking for additional troops in the novel Beyond the Dark Portal. And uh, Kargath left Garadar disgusted when Garrosh threw up on his shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I actually have a fun little question. Growing up in Garadar, what do you think actually, what kind of impact do you think it would have had on a character like Garrosh? Kind of funny if you think about it. he grew up at very humble beginnings and then turned into what he did. Which is interesting because, so my first thought with all this when I you know really sat down to process it, I feel like he would have grown up completely differently if he wasn't, you know, away from everyone else. If he just wasn't just stuck in Garadar, because he didn't get to know too much about what a proud orc looks like and orc culture outside of their, you know, little place. And I, on one hand, I kind of feel like he may have turned out out exactly how he did turn out if he grew up outside of Garadar, except he did grow up outside Garadar, so I think it's just interesting to see how his path led him to what I think he would turn out to be anyways. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this so I was writing these notes, and I thought what was so interesting about it to me is that the beginning of Garage's story is very different from the, the kind of end, and there's there's a couple... Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. There's a couple points in the story, and we'll, we'll point them out, where it feels like he makes a serious shift. Where at one point you're like, oh, this guy, he's 
he's doing really good. And then suddenly there's a turn and you're like, oh, where'd that come from? <laughs> All right. So not much else to say here. So let's go ahead and jump into where we actually technically first met Garrosh. And that was in Burning Crusade. So obviously he wasn't present in Classic because he was living in Gerdar in the Grand. All right. Well, we first met the character when Horde players are questing through Nagrand. Garrosh didn't have a lot going on in the overall storyline, but this is when we first met him as a character. So BC came out in 2007, and the Beyond the Dark Portal novel was released in 2008. Gave a little tiny bit of backstory to him, but this is where you first meet him in 2007. You, you get the idea. All right. So the way the questline plays out is when the players meet him, he's essentially so depressed, he just wants to end his family's line due to the shame he grew up with uh, about his father. Because he basically thought that uh, his father was such a horrible warmonger that him and the rest of the Warsong clan had to stay behind on Draenor when the rest of the orcs went through uh, the portal because he was just too much of a psycho freak to actually listen to orders. So... <laughs> So Garrosh is right. like, well, Papa's an idiot. So that's basically that's basically uh, where all that came from. So he was just like, dude, I just want to end it all. Well, anyway, what actually happened, though, is the players are da -da -da -da, they're talking to all the, the people out there and you're talking to great mother Gaia. Uh, and you find out that it's Thrall's grandmother. All right. So you go back and you tell Thrall, hey, we met your grandma. And he's like, what? So he wants to come see my grandma. And that's when Thrall is tasked with talking with Garrosh and hopefully giving him confidence. So, you know, great mother guy is all like, hey, um, you need to talk to Garrosh. I don't know. Give him a little pep talk. You know, talk him out of his funk. See what you can do about him. So what Thrall does is he explains how Grom saved the orcs from Manoroth by showing him the cutscene from Warcraft 3, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he basically showed how Grom died and how... Um, he uh, freed the orcs from the, you know, the, the blood haze, as, uh, as Grom called it in that cutscene. So, now, fun little uh, question here. Do you think Thrall made a mistake in the way he described Grom to Garrosh? I think Thrall's made a few mistakes when it comes to Garrosh. <laughs> and this is one. I mean, on one hand, I sometimes forget that Garrosh went through this time where he was like really depressed and really struggling. I, I forget that sometimes because when you think of the Garrosh that we know in, you know, myths and warlords and everything, it just it's hard to remember that. I think on one hand, like it was like kind of needed to pull Garrosh out of that depression. Having said that, Brawl also could have pointed out, yeah, sure, he's done these other things and he's kind of psycho. Learn from those lessons or something like that. You know, like you need to know the whole truth, but you need to know that you can learn from this and be a better orc or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, you know, thinking about it as well. And I believe Thrall, maybe he did eventually, but at least in this initial discussion, he was just like, look, your dad saved us all. Ah. Uh, he could have been like, look, he went out as good ish guy. So right. the stories you heard about your dad having to, you know, stay back beyond, uh, you know, beyond the dark portal. Did he get to get to travel to Azeroth in the first wave because he was uh, too much hassle to deal with? It's all true. All right. Dude had a couple uh, couple nuts, a couple bolts loose up there. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, 
he he didn't take orders well. He he didn't work in a, as a cohesive unit. He was kind of a kind of a lone wolf that one, right? So I don't know. I, I feel like he he kind of sugarcoated it. Is is, is how I, I yeah. felt like he did. Yeah, he's like, dude, your your dad's awesome, and Garrosh is like, my dad is awesome. Yeah, because next up in Wrath of the Lich King, Garrosh isn't super hot headed. He's a little bit. Yeah. He's starting yeah, yeah. to show up a little bit because following the events of BC, Garrosh traveled back to Ogremar with Thrall and it shocked to learn that the orcs didn't just survive, but they were now thriving. Mm. He also learned that not everyone living in Ogremar thinks it's quite so wonderful there. See, one orc in particular explained why Thrall had settled in Duratar rather than in Ashenvale. It was to pay for the orcs' sins but who would be settling the price? Well, that was like the whole Garrosh short story is what that whole, where that came from. So anyway, what do you think of Thrall's choice here? Do you think it was actually a right to settle in Duratan? Duratan, Duratar, whatever. Instead of an N, it's an R. <laughs> or <laughs> should he have found better land? I mean, Duratar isn't really, you know, lush and thriving with plants and animals and things you kind of need to help you survive when you're settling in a new area that may not have been the best choice but I always took it as he chose that to try to help keep the peace when I try to think of where else they could have potentially settled just off the top of my head I don't know where they could have settled and not have started issues with the alliance or someone else ever <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's somewhere I'm just not thinking of. But I mean, my first thought is maybe they could have gone to Mulgore and maybe the Torin could have been, you know, shared the land. And I was like, no, no, they have different ways of life. The Torin are very peaceful and I don't know if the orcs could have done that, would have interrupted that peace and they gotta watch out for themselves. I just don't know I don't know where else they would have gone. Yeah. I think the the sad news is is over there on Kalimdor there's a lot of crap spots. And uh, all the good spots yeah. were already taken. <laughs> exactly. Because they're good spots. Yeah. All the night elves were like, no, nah, no, nah, this is mine. No, you can't cut down trees. Mm-mm. No cut down trees. We'll make we'll make trees come alive and beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, what do you, I, I what do you think? I think you're right. I don't know where he could have settled. I don't really know what the right choice could have been. Although... I at least would have tried to settle on the Barrens, maybe. Sure. The Barrens is pretty barren, but it's better than Duratar. Duratar. There's at least, like, a slight bit of green there. Yeah, a little bit of green. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't have to be, like, super far away from the Torrent. You know, at least, you know, kind of next-ish door. Yeah. yeah so it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe they... Maybe the Torrent would have been like, get out of Camp Paracho or whatever the freaking place is called. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, isn't the I don't know. Maybe the entire horde should have settled on the Echo Isles and kicked out Zalazane earlier than they did. Nah, eh, I don't know. But then the trolls would have been like, <laughs> no, no, this is ours. <laughs> and then the orcs would have been like, dude, come on. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. So I don't know. But then again, hmm. I'm sure he probably could have settled in Ashenvale and uh, just uh, was really nice. They asked really politely. Because <laughs> that totally would have worked. Well, it could have worked right off of the heels of Warcraft Three, where they well, right they off ju- of it, yeah. just working with the you know 
with the night elves. I mean, that's probably your best chance to, you know, set up shop, at least on the on the edges right there on the outskirts of Ashenvale. And then if every single orc was on board with keeping the peace. Well, there's that that's problem. That's the issue. Yeah, there's that problem. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of a problem. <laughs> All right. So anyway, during the Wrath pre-patch events is when Garrosh and Thrall had their little Makara that we talked about. That sets up the kind of character who kind of eventually become. He was pretty hot-headed there. Well, even after that very public disagreement over how to deal with the problems up in Northrend, Thrall did let him lead the, the Horde forces there. And around this time was actually my first introduction to the character with the Olduvar patch trailer, because played Alliance since the beginning. I had no idea who Garrosh was. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I've, my question is, when did you first learn about the character, and what did you think about him? The exact same time. Because <laughs> I didn't, so I started early BC, and it was my first MMO, and I just kind of got thrown to the wolves. I didn't know what I was doing, and so BC was learning the game and how to play. It wasn't until Wrath I actually started to barely get into the lore. And that's when I really started to dive in. And so I didn't really know a whole lot about Garrosh. I, I may have heard the name pop up once, maybe, or twice. But yeah, that, that exact trailer was the very first time. And I already didn't like him from yeah, the beginning <laughs> with that trailer. He was pretty rude. And you know, Thrall's like trying to keep the peace. And here comes Varian and everything. And Thrall's trying to come in peace because this is a threat they all need to work together to stop. As you know, happens often. And Garrosh was not all about that. And I was like, well, Garrosh is annoying. Good to know. <laughs> well, that and also Varian was a, was a little hot headed back then. Yeah, Varian definitely did not help. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't at help. all. Let's be honest. Like, you definitely want my blood? <laughs> made, made it worse. <laughs> Come at me, pig. <laughs> Good God. Basically, yes. Just po- poke the orc because that goes really well yeah. every time. Yeah. That was a good, that was a fun little cutscene. You disappoint me, Garrosh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. That's a good old thrall. It's like, he's like, ah, dude, you suck. We were here trying to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, uh, it kind of reminds me right in the same, same time period is when they had the little peace summit of a Theramore. Uh, you know, when the Twilight's Hammer ruined it all and all that. Uh, that's when, yes. <laughs> that was actually the first time that uh, Anduin actually uh, got introduced to Garrosh. Because, you know, the Alliance and the Horde, they were actually having a little, little chat. And in fact, Varian and Garrosh were getting along. Or not, sorry, not Varian and Garrosh. Var- Varian and Thrall were getting along. Because they're like, oh, you were a gladiator too? Sweet. Right? <laughs> they yeah. were kind of bonding over that little bit of a little information there. And uh, Garrosh is over there like, this is talk of like for merchants. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then even Anduin, he was like twelve at the time, was like, yeah, but uh, if you set up trade routes with your neighbor, um, you both benefit. You know, right? So this twelve-year-old's like showing up. There's like suppose a big bad orc, and he's like, he's like, yeah, so it was honorable by trade routes. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. Ah, <laughs> uh, Garrosh. Silly little guy. All right. All right. So here, here's here's where it gets fun. Here's where it gets fun. So, Cataclysm. It's obviously where Garrosh is thrust into the spotlight in terms of storytelling, 
When Thrall makes him the acting war chief, well, he goes to study in Outland. Yeah, because this all happened in the novel The Shattering, if you haven't read it. Oh, Thrall, he's like, hey, man, there's crazy stuff going on. He was like drinking his kombucha or something like that. He's like, ah, I'm just getting some visions. <laughs> something like that. And Garrosh is like, what? You're going to go like hang out in Outland? What are you doing out there? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to my grandma and drink some kombucha. Uh, and he's like, well, you got to like, leave someone in charge. And Thrall's like, yeah, that's you, dude. That's you. You're going to be acting war chief. And he's like, whoa, that's crazy. Well, anyway, the idea behind that was, you know, big war hero because he came home from Northrend. You know, they dealt with the Lich King and everyone's like, yeah, Garrosh, you kick ass. Woo! So anyway, but that whole idea of, uh, you know, Garrosh being in charge didn't exactly go over very well with everyone in the Horde. And that decision is pretty much what led to Karen's death. Mm. Now, fun little, like, almost like a little what-if scenario. So, assuming that Karen hadn't been poisoned, you actually think he would have killed Garrosh uh, in the Makara? That's a really good question. And I read that one earlier when I looked at the show notes, and I still don't, I don't know. Maybe, if it was Garrosh at that point... And not the Garrosh we know these days, right? Right. I don't know if Karen would have. Yeah. I think he would have found tried tried really hard to find some kind of peaceful resolution, or just knocked him unconscious or something like that. You know. Yeah. Now I know that he agreed to the old style rules. He was like, he's like, oh, we're gonna mock Rob. We're gonna do it the old way. We're gonna do old school style, right? We, we, you know, to the death. Right. So that's when, uh, you know, Karen was like, sure, bring it on, you know, friggin' idiot. And the way it was kind of playing out, like the like the battle in the in the in the novel, Karen was like, it almost seemed like he was playing, like playing with him because Garrosh was like, ah, and just like charging, like, you know, fighting recklessly. And Karen was just like with his spear, just going like poke. Idiot. Poke. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Garrosh is like... <laughs> Reminded me of like a freaking Black Knight over here from Monty Python. Tis but a scratch. <laughs> scratch? Your arm's off. <laughs> I'll bite your ankles. <laughs> I've had worse. You lie. <laughs> oh, come on, you pansy. <laughs> yeah. So good. I don't actually know if he would have killed him. I actually don't think he would have. I think he probably agreed to it. And the way that he was fighting with his, you know, like the, you know, the spear. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure he was going to, um, I think his plan was he was going to basically uh, just mess him up bad enough and just make him look like an idiot. Because I think that's all he really wanted. Because yeah, I think he wanted yeah. everyone. To, to see Garrosh as the idiot that he saw him as, really. This moronic hothead that freaking acted way before he thought. He just like, he just, he just went, 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 just go, go, go. Like, not even a care in the world to think what freaking ramifications he would have. So Karen was just like watching him. It's like, all right, come on. Boop. <laughs> Garrosh was getting stabbed in the shoulder and stabbed in the chest over here. Garrosh is like, fight fair, man. Like, right. Well, you fight like a smart person and not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because even even when he uh, Garrosh like went all went all crazy and like broke the spear and it barely grazed his chest, is when uh, 
When Karen was like, oh, I've been poisoned. Ah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't think I don't think you would have killed him. I don't think. But hmm. it's interesting. It's interesting how the story would have gone, but that's not what happened. And this ain't a what if episode. But it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> Now, continuing on, Garrosh didn't like Thrall's peaceful tactics, so he almost immediately turned his attention to Asheville and sent in troops. Because right? he's like, it's actually where the quote was like, oh, I'll do anything to like, keep my people, you know, surviving and thriving because bleh. And he also sent in Magnetar. <laughs> if you don't know, this comes from the, uh, the novel Wolfheart, right? Uh, he actually, um, you know, he spent some time in Northrend. You know, he was up there, and, yeah. You know, and do, doing the whole troop de- dealies, and uh, yeah. So he got he got a firsthand look at the Magnetar over there in the Borean Tundra, and he was like, "Yeah, bring some of those guys home." <laughs> and yeah, probably would have worked too, because um, they were they were wrecking shop against the Night Elves in Ashenvale in that book, and then uh, and then the Worgen showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, and Varian was, uh, he went full Goldrin mode and, yeah, kind of just tore them to pieces. So, anyway, that was sad. Poor little, poor little Garrosh, his little plans of, I don't know, Garrosh's, like, battle tactics are always, like, these wacky, very wacky ideas. Wacky and kind of intense. Yeah, like, uh, when, like, the, in the... Freaking in a, a future novel. I don't, I don't have any notes. We'll talk about it now. Is when uh, he uh, decided to uh, get a whole bunch of Kraken. Right? <laughs> get a whole bunch of Kraken right. in uh, Tides of War. And because <laughs> light ships were, you know, you know, do 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 We're coming after Orgrimmar. do 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 And then Kraken are like, blah, 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 blah. Guys, they're like, hey guys, did you know I got Kraken? <laughs> I got Kraken. Just like that, too. <laughs> How'd they go again? How'd they go again? I got Kraken. Yes. They popped up out the water and be like, oh, you guys thought you had boats. You don't have boats anymore. You got Kraken. <laughs> Your boats have been Kraken. All right. Now, here's really, I think uh, in terms of the storyline, uh, there's really two of them. Really two of them. Uh, where people like to bring up uh, about Garrosh's story in Cataclysm. First one, uh, not in the notes, again, I'll talk, talk about it here real quick, which is uh, Stone Talent Mountains. That's the one where a lot of people like to talk about, uh, where there's some dude, friggin' some commander in the Stone Talent Mountains, and he decided that he was going to basically firebomb an entire village um, because uh, it made it easier, right? It was, it was easier to, to take out the locals and secure the area. And Garrosh threw him off the, the cliff. He, he killed him because it's like, oh, no, if you don't fight with honor, there's nothing. Right? There's no point. Cause That's he, right. He actually quotes Sarafang because Sarafang actually went up to uh, to Northrim with him. So that was kind of like his uh, babysitter while he was up in Northrim with Sarafang. You know, bear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's when, you know, Sarafang told him that it's like, if you don't fight with honor, like, you're just, like, what, what are you doing? It's nothing. So, now the other one, now the other one I actually like, and uh, this is actually kind of important for uh, future storylines, uh, if you really dig in. This is actually when Garrosh goes to the Twilight Highlands. Yeah. Yeah, this is where 
Garrosh and the players take out the current corrupted leader of the Dragonmaw clan and put in place Warlord Zayla. Yeah, this is where we first meet her. And, and from there, Garrosh doesn't have much else of a role to play in the expansion. That's pretty much his end in Cataclysm. So, following the defeat of Deathwing, why do you think Thrall made the monumental mistake of not attempting to replace Garrosh with someone else or just coming back himself? I have no bleeping idea. <laughs> I wish I did. This was one of the moments I just, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're looking at it, you're just like, why, Thrall? Why? Uh, maybe Thrall just wasn't clear-headed because he went through everything he went through in Cataclysm and his own bout of depression, and then he fell in love. Sometimes love makes you your brain a little fuzzy, and... He was also stressed and worried about healing Azeroth and blah, 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 blah. Maybe he just thought Garrosh would be an easy choice instead of trying to figure out what to actually do. Like, whatever, just put in Garrosh. I'm, I'm busy over here. I got aggro now. And I got, <laughs> or, or, you know, an Azeroth to heal. It's There's a maelstrom over there. I got to do things. Just Garrosh, go. Yeah, it felt like Thrall was like, I got bigger things to, I got bigger things to do. I got to heal the planet. Because if I don't heal the planet, you're all dead. Right. So that's I feel like that's probably where he, where he was coming at it. He was I don't know, it's kinda like uh kinda like a loon where it's like, yeah, what's the night of burn? We need to send some anima to uh to our wheel. Yeah. Huh? It's fine. Charles like, gee, sure, oh. let Garrosh in charge. I gotta heal the planet. And It'll work out. I don't I'm busy. Just like, you hey, all figure it out. I'm I'm busy. Hey, hey Thrall, he he apparently figured out nukes. So um maybe maybe <laughs> don't put him in charge. <laughs> Just, you know, just maybe. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't do that. Well, anyway, I honestly think he was just, yeah, I mean, that was coming right, coming right off the whole Twilight of the Aspects kind of novel where he was dealing with his, you know, like we're talking about bouts of depression and dealing with, you know, not feeling like he is up to the task. And then... And then he freaking kills Deathwing, and he's like, dude, I'm freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a confidence booster right there. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, he, he basically, like, he went from being, like, the the, winkest li- the weakest link in the whole, like, shaman chain, where everyone's like, dude, you have a bad day or something? Like, what's going on with you? To right. becoming the, basically, replacement for the Earth Warder to do their little stuff to take out Deathwing, so... Yeah, big of a bit of a you know, bit of a confidence booster, as you said. Yeah, maybe, maybe probably make it feel good. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so much of a confidence booster. Maybe he'd been like, I could do both. I could lead the horde and fix Azeroth. Yeah, I don't know. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Maybe it was Agra. She was like, Hey, after all, you got more important things to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe, who knows? Chris Metzen probably knows because he wrote it. <laughs> I would, I would hope so, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, here's where it gets real juicy, as they say. Miss Pandaria. This is, uh, in my opinion, this is pretty much where the story that Blizzard had been building up to for the last five years. From 2007, when we first met him, all the way to 2012 when the expansion kicked off. Yeah. And it, the funny thing is, when you put it that way, you're like, man, the entire arc of Garrosh pretty much went from 2007 to 2012. It feels like such a short time compared to Sylvanas. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's still, still a long time. Five years just get this entire thing. But anyway, it was fun. So anyway, 
This is what happens. This is the expansion that started off with a very similar to BFA with destruction of Theramore. Because Garrosh had set up a plan to have as many of the Alliance leaders meet up there as possible before dropping a mana bomb powered by the focusing iris. Yay. So, one of the character traits we saw in Cataclysm was honor above all else. Never forsake it. But here, he made a massive shift. Do you think this was out of nowhere or was it believable? Believable as in believable that he would do this? Yeah. Like, you felt like this was in line with his character? Or would the DM suddenly say, hey, your character wouldn't do that? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really good question. I think it's a combination of both. Because, yes, he is, you know, honor above all else. But he did start making more of a honor for the true horde kind of mentality starting to seep in, right? And honor for only (laughs) the horde and mostly the orcs and all that started coming in. And on one hand, yeah, it did feel like it kind of escalated quickly. On the other hand, because, you know... He had all these intense plans in the past and <laughs> complete Krakens and whatnot. It, this is a, just another intense like strategy of we're just going to bomb them all. And it, it kind of makes sense for him. Yeah, I don't know. It just I, I think the, the reason why I bring this up, because this was actually a big um, a discussion point in the community back in the day, because many people actually thought that. Uh, Garrosh died, possibly, in the Twilight Highlands, and there was some imposter taking his place because a lot of people in the community just didn't think that it was the same character, especially if you if you play through the questline in Stone Talon Mountains, you know, and he's throwing off the guy who basically did the exact same thing he did. <laughs> you kind of go like, right. was that the same dude? <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's... It's, I think it's worth talking about because you kind of wonder where where did that big shift come from? Like, where where did he go from Varrock Sorrowfang, like, you know, honor above all else, you know, teaching to uh, do whatever it takes, <laughs> right? I don't know. Because, I, I mean, if, if obviously, if you leave the planning up to Varrock Sorrowfang and he's the one who has to uh, pull the trigger, we even saw in uh, BFA... He was basically telling Sylvanas, uh, you can't do this. They're going to come for us. All of them are going to come for us. <laughs> like, this is no. <laughs> this, is, this is a no. So I don't think he, he wouldn't he wouldn't have pulled the whole Theramore trick. I just don't see it. So, but with Garrosh, obviously he did. Yeah, that's, how the, that's how the writers wrote it. So, right. You just kind of have to wonder, like, I don't know. What, what happened? I don't know. It was... Was Warlord Zayla talking to him? Because, I mean, that was the other thing. If they ever wanted to bring up a storyline about the secret love child of, of Garrosh, it'd be with Warlord Zayla. And, yes, and we, it absolutely would be. And we've seen that she's a little kooky, so maybe she, she got is. to him. Maybe maybe, maybe that's where the, this nuttiness came from. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's a combination of things. I mean, maybe it's that. Maybe it's his experiences with, you know... The Twilight Highlands and the Dragonmaw Clan. Maybe it's seeing what power can do when he saw, you know, the impact of Deathwing. And maybe, you know, that thirst for potential power and being, you know, not being weak because, you know, he hates weakness. 
maybe that kind of started to drive him over the edge a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I totally agree. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it was worth, worth bringing up. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, definitely. One of the, the, the crazy um, thoughts was the fact that Garrosh was hanging out with uh, Malkarok at the time, and he just kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, we had never seen Malkarok before until the Tides right. of War novel, I believe, is when he first popped up. And he was practically your, uh, like, weird, kind of creepy secret police, uh, you know, leader of uh, Karosh that just, I don't know. Weird things were happening with Malkarak, and uh, I don't know. Some people were thinking that maybe he was part of the influence into what happened. Anyway, I guess, I don't know. If you kind of add all the pieces and you don't necessarily know all, every single thing. See, Malkarak was originally what a um, a Blackrock orc. He was part of the the true horde that was uh, kind of hanging out with uh, Rend and Mame over there in, in Blackrock, yeah. right? So he kind of was hanging out there. And then I bet. So, and we don't even know this. I mean, I'm just kind of speculating with the information I got here. I bet since if you if you remember the dungeon, you definitely remember the dungeon <laughs> uh, in Cataclysm, you know, that where they remade. Um, which one was that? Black Rock something? Black, Black Rock. Rock Caverns? Yeah, probably that one. It were Warlord Zayla was the, the final boss. All right. Yeah. How she was up in there. I don't know. Maybe that's how Malkarak was introduced to Garrosh was uh, was Zayla. I don't know. I feel like there was I a could be. Zayla Malkarak kind of thing talking to him. I don't know. I feel like that was what's it, what was happening to... I don't know. He didn't strike me as the, the most... Uh, I don't know. Very impressionable. Right? Put it that way. He's uh, one of those characters that, you know, you, you, you stick an idea in his head and he just goes with it. Right? You know, when, when Farrakh is talking to him, he's like, yeah, honor above all else. That's great. But when Zayla, like Malkarak, talks to him, he's like, no, drop a bomb on him. It's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it feels like to me that we're kind of parsing through this. Now, anyway, Miss Mandaria. You can't talk about Miss Mandaria without talking about Pandaria because the expansion proper kicked off with the discovery of Pandaria and Garrosh uh, stuck to his very aggressive style and ordered an all-out invasion of the island to claim it in the name of the Horde. Because, yes, it was General Nazgrim and the little cutscene that was like, hey, dude, we found, like, this place. And instead of just saying, like, whoa, there's a whole new landmass? That's weird. He flips out and goes, what? You let your lords get there first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He starts yelling about painting this new land red. Like, (sighs) whoa. All right. All right. Take it easy there, buddy. (laughs) So yeah, he was like, yeah, you got to claim the whole, the whole of this new island in the name of the Horde. Now, early on in the questing, mostly the Horde side, Garrosh orders Vol'jin, who just happened to show up to keep an eye on him, <laughs> to investigate a cave, Cave of Sarox. Huh? And as we all know, this is a bit of a trap. Oh, dangy. Oh, dang. Yep. Dagger in the Dark, also known as the scenario Dagger in the Throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was, a, it was a pretty good scenario. Yeah, it was pretty. I'm, I liked I liked uh, manning the guns on the boat. Pew, pew, pew. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. That's pretty sweet. Now, do you think Garrosh would have used similar tactics on other leaders in the Horde, like uh, like Bane, if given the chance? I think so. If given the chance, and if it was someone who's questioning him or trying to tell him to calm down or 
whatever it might be, then yeah, I think so. I think at this part, this is this is when he's really starting to break and go off the deep end and be that power hungry, all about the orcs, only the orcs, true horde, blah, blah. And I, I, I think he totally would have. Yeah, I can see him trying to kill uh, Lorthamar. I can see him trying to kill Sylvanas. I can see him trying to kill Bane. I think the only one that was he, he saw useful enough was uh, Gallywix, because Gallywix was just like, sure, whatever you say, boss. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> he just kind of got in line. Yeah. Whatever brings Gallywix money, he is fine with. Yeah. So if the whole, you know, uprising hadn't happened, I'm pretty sure he would have uh, done something very similar to Bane. So now the next important story point in Miss was the whole Divine Bell deal, right? So, if you don't remember, the Divine Bell was the thing that, you know, you ring the bell and it uh, basically infuses everyone around it with a whole bunch of Shaw energy. And it, like, kind of makes, like, kind of Captain America super soldiers, but, like, evil ones. You know, like, evil (laughs) super soldiers. (laughs) Like, evil shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) So, now, this had two major consequences. First, it got Jaina to kick the Horde out of Dalaran when a Blood Elf assisted in the stealing of the artifact, utilizing the portal network in the city. Yeah, because they were like, let's hide it in Darnassus. And Jaina was like, I don't like that. (laughs) Y'all can get the hell out. (laughs) Because she wasn't exactly too happy with the Horde at that point, because, you know, they had just blown up her city. So, you know, something about Ronan and mm-hmm, Kendi. Yeah, and yeah, that's how Jaina became the leader of the Kirin Hator. And also some wacky, yep. what was it, uh, a prophecy left behind uh, Coriolistras. That's how she uh, got made a uh, leader of the Kirin Hator. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we found this in a box. It said, make Jaina. <laughs> totally said that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyway, that's what, that's what happened. That's uh, pretty much where the whole purging of Dalaran came from where it's like, uh, y'all can get out because I can't trust any of you now. Uh, you know, you know, as they say, uh, one bad apples uh, spoils the barrel. We're just going to kick the whole barrel out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. Now, the next little fun little bit is when uh, it nearly and probably almost did kill Anduin when he stopped Garrosh's plan with the harmonic mallet. So yeah, Harmonic Mallet, this is actually a pretty fun one. This is, if you don't remember, this is when uh, Anduin was like, uh, there's got to be a way that uh, the, the Monkey King or something. <laughs> I think it actually had to do with the Monkey King, if I remember. <laughs> you just really like the Monkey King. A great gust blew the Monkey King away. He blew the Monkey King away. Yeah, there you go. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, the, the Pandaren totally had a way uh, to deal with the Divine Bell. They made a mallet, and you, 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 you make it go boop, and it plays really pretty music instead of weird, crazy Discordia music, and yeah, that's what happened. And then that's when he says, die whelp, and he smashed him with the bell. <laughs> now, finally, after dealing with the Thunder King, Vol'jin reappears on the scene, leading the rebellion against Garrosh and his true horde. A bit of a branding issue there. We already had a couple true hordes. It's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> yep. Everyone's like, I'm the true horde. I'm the true horde. I'm the true horde. <laughs> All right. Well, 
Garrosh really made a mess of things when he thought he would be uh, a good idea to toss the still-beating heart of dead old Gad into the pool of the Vale of Eternal Blossoms. Good job. This obviously was a bad idea. Obviously. But, hey, he does what he wants. <laughs> and the story of Miz concludes with yeah. Garrosh being taken prisoner at the end of the Siege of Ogamar raid. Now, since you know all about the Siege of Ogamar raid, since you covered it not that long ago, do you think knowing that Garrosh was going to be the end boss of the expansion lessened the impact of this moment in the story. I don't think so. I think the fact that Garrosh wasn't killed, like killed killed as the last boss of the expansion lessened this whole story in general. <laughs> but we needed warlords. Personally. <laughs> Did we though? <laughs> let me tell you, I'm pretty done with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> just like I was back then I am now um <laughs> comfortable circle they could have they've they could have found some other way to bridge that gap and not written themselves into a corner with warlords and anyways uh, that's a whole other story <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah I don't I don't think it does personally yeah now if, what do you think I was gonna say now dear listener if you do not know what the heck I'm talking about when Miss Pandaria was actually released at, or not released, but announced at BlizzCon, they just offhandedly said during one of the panels at BlizzCon, when we didn't even like have any, this is the first time we freaking heard about Miss Pandaria. So they were just like, yeah, and by the way, Garrosh is going to be the end boss. And we all like, what? <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> and I actually think knowing not necessarily how the story was going to end, but one of the very large stepping stones in getting there, I kind of think it almost helped in a in a strange sort of way. Now, the reason I the reason I say that is like, for example, everyone could kind of foresee and, and could tell like, oh, there's no old gods in Battle for Azeroth. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> if right. we had just kind of known, hey, yeah, we're going to be dealing with old gods, right? There's old gods shenanigans, dealing with old gods. I don't think that would have like lessened the story. Like, like if anything, we would have just had the lore community all abuzz. How is it going to happen? How are we going to get there? Da, 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 da. Who's going to lead it there? Maybe some random person, Rathian's going to come back. <laughs> they would have been right. right. Like it's it's nice knowing who that final boss is going to be, who the big bad is. You know, we knew in Wrath it was Arthas, and it was evident throughout the entire expansion. You know, just like now they told they they learned from BFA and they told us early on, yeah, there's going to be the last boss, and we've seen throughout the expansion why the jailer is the last boss. So, yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. And honestly, and I think what a, another reason why I uh, am if even wanting to go down this path is I'm just very curious about uh, just villains in the Warcraft universe as a whole. And I, I think we should make, make a whole series of this crap and crap. Yeah, it'd be fun. Because then I kind of want to eventually <laughs> cover the jailer and say why, in my opinion, at least currently, kind of a crap villain. <laughs> Because we don't know anything. He's just such yeah. That's it's it's hard, it's hard to say one way or another because we don't know anything. Yeah, and I think right now, like like for example, in the middle of Missa Pandaria, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's totally gonna be a bad guy. We, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out exactly what he does. We already see it. He stamped freaking Vol'jin. Vol'jin's probably gonna lead a rebellion. We could all kind of see it. It's all being foreshadowed. Now we're just like he went into a portal to a sepulcher. What? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. He finally covered up his nipple. We know that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Garrosh never did. I think he eventually, he just started exposing. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> he started covered up and then he was like, check it out. <laughs> See my might. Yeah. All right. All right. Speaking of warlords of Draenor. Speaking of, wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Garrosh. Mm-hmm. But he actually didn't play much of a, of a role in this entire expansion. Like it was, he just kind of set the stage. Mm-hmm. He set the stage and gave the orcs and stuff over there, over on Draenor, you know, battle plans and weaponry and plans to make more weapons and kind of set it all up for them. Yeah, that's, that's, you were right. Yeah. Now, he set the stage, but it wasn't just him because it was some, thanks to some Warlord Zela, Rathion, and Kairos Dormu shenanigans. Garrosh escapes during the whole trial from the war crimes, you know, that novel. And then he travels to alternate Draenor and then stabs Kairos Dormu because they're like, I don't know what we're going to do with this character. We're just going to kill him off. All right, so Kairos Dormu dead. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty quickly. Warlord Zela killed off in a dungeon. Bye-bye. Rathion comes back in battle for Azeroth. Neat. <laughs> and then gets punched by Anduin. <laughs> for good reason. Because Rathian totally had a hand in this whole Garrosh stuff. <laughs> he did. This is true. All right. So he escapes, goes alternate Draenor, and then Thrall kills him in the Grand while you're out questing. You Questing. Him. Yep. Questing. Questing. Not even a this dungeon. Not a dungeon. Not a raid. Questing. Yeah. End of zone questing. Like you're I mean, he got cinematic though. I mean, yeah, he got cinematic, but I mean, you let's pro you you probably either weren't max level or had just hit max level when you right. got this cinematic. So yeah, wasn't even a dungeon. Now, first question is: Did you expect Garrus to play a larger role in Warlord Draenor? Yep. Yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> Absolutely, and well, I mean, we we hear little things here and there about you know, uh, oh, what was it? Blackhand got some of his battle plans whatever from a mysterious prophet or whatever they called it yeah it was is garrosh the like stranger. he was hiding he was the stranger right like he was hiding himself in the beginning and whatnot with and like the stupidest sure, little like, hood that's it <laughs> yeah right yeah and yeah like he helped you know get the iron horde together and whatnot and that and that definitely is a big part of warlords but him himself as an individual i expected a lot more yeah i mean he was in the freaking cinematic and it was i was like it's a pretty cool cinematic. Like, I actually really like the world. It was. It was. This is true. But then again, I don't think there's a single cinematic I don't like. So that is also true. So, I mean, that's not You can't judge an expansion by its, by its, uh, you know, cinematic because then they'd all be fantastic. <laughs> they're all really good. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I like just fun aside. If that were the case, in my opinion, Cataclysm would be the worst expansion or because that was my least favorite cinematic. It wasn't bad by any means. It's just, it's just a dragon. It's like, ah, right. You know, kind of anti totally what Death Totally what Deathwing sounds like. Yeah. Totally. Is it, well, is that, you might as well be what he sounds like because he showed up in Stormwind <laughs> and he didn't destroy the place. You know, that, that, I always thought that was weird. You know I mean, he's like, hey, I'm a Stormwind. Yeah. Yeah. Break your tower a little bit and I'm going to go. <laughs> I busted up the park. Okay, bye. <laughs> I don't know. Shenanigans. It just seems weird. Anyway, so how much of all of this mess was really Thrall's fault? Or was Draka right? You offered him a choice. You did not choose for him. Mourn if you must, but his decisions are not your burden to bear. His path 
ended, yours moves onward. I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is Roll's fault. <laughs> I mean, he made certain decisions in his handling of Garrosh and giving him certain positions of power. And as much as I like Thrall, I don't know. But then again, if you really think about it, going back to the beginning, the fact that he still arrived at this point, despite his very, you know, humble beginnings of Garadar whenever... Throwing up, literally throwing up on Cag or Carbath Bladefish shoes. One of the first things he would have, right? Like maybe he would have eventually gotten to this point one way or another. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think? I honestly think Draka is mostly right, whether it's a hundred percent or not. Like, I'm, you know, he thought Thrall thought that Garrosh was going to be. You know, the greatest, you know, orc, you know, warrior champion of them all. He's going to be a great war chief because, you know, he had just come home from Northrend. He was a, he was a big war hero. They, they, you know, big success, you know, making a note here. Great success right there. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, sweet, you dealt with Arthas. All right. I go ahead and, uh, you know, go ahead and, uh, put you in charge you know they, they you know they love to see your hero you know so was i mean I, honestly i think the his biggest mistake if you're gonna like blame him for anything was just kind of letting him run just go like after all of the yeah. crazy crap that happened you know cataclysm and and then you know he dealt with Deathwing, and then thrall comes back he's like yeah i got a lot of work to do um like he didn't even like sit down with him and be like dude you gotta chill out I know I'm not the war chief anymore, but like, like come on. <laughs> he didn't even give him a pep talk. You know what I mean? It's, it just seems weird. Yeah, like you would think Theramore would have been the final straw. And Thrall would have actually like really stepped in and be like, okay, you're done. I'm taking you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Theramore was, yeah, that's, that's where it's like, what? I mean, obviously this is why they had the whole, uh, you know, Sylvanas like, Loyalist versus, you know, you, know, you could go with Varrock kind of quest the quest line in Battle for Azeroth is because burning a Teldrassil was really messed up. <laughs> yeah. And if I remember correctly, a whole lot of people thought the exact same way about Theramore at the time. They were like, this is really messed up. <laughs> I don't want to really play Horde right now. So now that was the end of Garrosh's story. Literally, it was because Shadowlands, he shows back up and he turns into a pile of dust. <laughs> After being an anima battery. Sure did. <laughs> it was a fun little, like, you know, quote. Reliable workhorse. Yeah. Reliable workhorse. Mm-hmm. Now, did you think this was a fitting end for the character? I think the... Now, I know it's pandemic time, so I'm not judging. The The cinematic was a little rough. The, the animation of, of Garrosh was a little rough, because I know they could do so much better, and that was a little disappointing. But pandemic so i it's it's fine i get it that aside yeah like if i feel like it was pretty fitting and and his words you know not you not that coward thrall all of that like it's that was also pretty fitting for him yep and to go out in his own like blaze of glory stating how you know awesome and great he is like it yeah yeah it, it, yeah for the the uh, second half of his story this felt like a very fitting end of his story. It just seems, you know, when you compare where he came from to where he went, it just seems seems a little weird, but, you know, 
sometimes weird things happen in real life too, so it's okay. Now, did you think he was gonna play a little bit of a bigger role since we like had that little teaser in the uh, Revendreth short? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, I feel like at some point they hinted that it wouldn't be the biggest role. Just kind of like at some point they kind of hinted like Arthas wouldn't be the biggest role, which I still haven't seen him yet and I'm disappointed. But I I expected more. I expected him to be somewhere at least in the Revendreth questing line. Because if he died originally in a questing line, why not put him in a questing line in Revendreth too? Yeah. Like it just, I, I expected him somewhere. I expected to see him being the old reliable workhorse and see an action firsthand and something with Revendreth and his anima and whatnot. Like I, I fully expected that. And so when we didn't get that, I was, I was really surprised. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there he is. Finally, the, the screams down the hall. It's, it's, it's Garrosh. <laughs> After the short that we saw forever ago before the expansion even dropped. But there, there he is. Finally, he's, he's, he's right there. Yeah, he's right there, everybody. Oh, and now he's dead. He's, yeah. he's Ash now. Yeah, he's about Ash. Uh, let's loot him. Let's get our uh, let's get our loot, everybody. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the ash, you can brush it off a little bit. And it's like, oh, I guess he didn't completely turn to ash because I got a trinket. Sweet, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, conclusion time. Let's wrap this up. So, what did you think of Garrosh's character progression and story overall? It's definitely interesting to sit back and look at all of it. I have a hard time not being biased about Garrosh in the earlier bits, knowing what he becomes. Like it's for me, like it's hard at first to differentiate the two between this horrible, evil Garrosh and how he was in the beginning, you know, and all that. Like it's it's different, but overall, he was a he he was he became a villain, and it was. Sometimes it's fun to hate the villains and it's sad knowing that he didn't have to be that way, but that's where we're at. And it's not my favorite story in all Warcraft, but it's a pretty good one. And we see a lot of character, I don't know, development's right word, change, things happen. So it's good to see too, instead of, you know, character just being boring old, normal all the time. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I... I mean, I, I would say I liked it. I, I liked the progression. I liked the story because um, I think Garrosh is one of the perfect examples of a character that, you know, from beginning to end, whether you, whether you agreed with all the steps that he took, he definitely worked at, for what they were using him for, right? Like Grom, they kind of they kind of did the opposite, right? Where it was like, if you think if you compare him to his dad. Grom was kind of an asshole his entire life and then went out as the, as kind of the good guy, right? And then Garrosh was almost the opposite, where he was trying to do good, trying to do, trying to do good, and then he had the turn later in life and became the raging, horrible asshole and stayed the horrible, raging asshole on the uh, right. second half. And, you know, even when he dies in Shadowlands for the final time, he's just like, I wouldn't have changed a thing. I would have I would have proudly done it all once again for the horde. Ah. Right. <laughs> and that's I don't know. Like, do I like the character? Yeah. As a character, like as a character, I, I thought he was actually a good character. But I'm like, obviously, do I like him? No, it's terrible. <laughs> Freaking horrible, horrible jerk. But I don't know. Um, 
there was a there was a couple things about Garrosh that I liked, and it and I think my favorite thing about it is that it never seemed to really work that well. Right? <laughs> is right. He was always going for the big sucker punches. Right. He he wanted to just go in there and slap them, you know, with the the alliance as as hard and fast as possible. Like with the the magnetar, like he just wanted to overwhelm them with a, a crazy amount of force and just take take Ashenvale from the from the uh, the night elves. Uh, the crazy Kraken idea. He's like, oh, wow, they're not getting in here. We got Kraken, and then you know Jaina shows up with like thousands of water elementals and tears them to pieces. So yeah, right. <laughs> and then obviously the 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 focusing iris, right? The focusing iris and the monobomb, you know, destroying Theramore. Yeah, it worked. But in many ways, that kind of like cemented his fate, where it like made everyone go, "Okay, he's horrible." Uh, even Bane and Vol'jin were like looking at each other, like, uh, "We're not, we're not doing this anymore, right?" He's like, no, no, we're not doing. We're not doing so, yeah, like I said, it, I, I like where they with what they did with the character, um, and I think this leads into my next little question: is who do you think will be the next character? First introduced in World of Warcraft, not Warcraft 3, that will have a storyline as compelling and complete as Garrosh's. Lynn Fairwind. No. You're just, um, you just, you just <laughs> want it that way. It's, well, I mean, could I'll take all the fun I can get. But no, no. So I feel like there's a few options here. Now, my first thought was maybe Zaval, because maybe we find out that Zaval is, has good intentions and just is really intense and whatever. And so that could be a little garage We have the potential for Terralian. Terralian, who... He doesn't count. Was he introduced in Warcraft 3? Uh, well, I mean, yes, he, he, but he was not introduced in Warcraft 3. He was introduced in Warcraft 2. <laughs> well, I didn't play Warcraft 2, so... <laughs> and you're saying, does not say not Warcraft 2, it says you're not right, Warcraft you're right. 3. You're right, but, you know... A character first introduced in World of Warcraft. So, technically doesn't count. Fine. I thought it was a good answer, but whatever. It was a good um, answer, but so- he was one of those characters <laughs> that went missing for like 30 years and everyone was going like, what happened to him? And then Legion was like, oh, it's over here. So I'm trying to think of who, because if we're, if so are we talking about someone who goes crazy, intense, insane, and kind of evil? Hold like on, hold on. Doesn't have to be crazy, intense. Just a, he can even be like Varian. Varian, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe Varian was actually introduced in World of Warcraft. And he had a complete story arc from beginning to end. And he went out as a hero. It could be like that. Uh, you could use, I, I, I would accept Worgen version of Gen Greymane 2, but Gen was technically introduced in Warcraft 2 as well. <laughs> but he wasn't Worgen, so. I'm just stuck on trying to remember if Varian is in Warcraft 3 or not. It's hard because a lot of the ones I've thought of that could have full and complete stories either have already been introduced in Warcraft 3 or potentially 2. Yeah, honestly, I don't think you're far off, in my in my opinion, with your with your flood. Right? Um, because my little answer, and, and I'll once, you know, as we go go through this, I'll just give you my answer. So you get, get the idea where I'm going to. I think it's going to be Zakan, Mr. Zappy Boy himself. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. And to go along in the same vein, um, I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping, is that we also get some uh, Talanji. Like, I would love to see some more Talanji. That'd be cool. She was an awesome character. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, strangely enough, I think Battle for Azeroth actually did a pretty decent job. I know not everyone likes the, the expansion or liked the expansion, but they did introduce a lot of very good characters like like Flynn, for example. He's very good. Um, uh, Buonsamdi. He wasn't technically introduced in uh, Battle for Azeroth, but they really took the character and dialed him up to 11 in Battle for Azeroth. So good. So good. Previously, he was just kind of a very bland Loa. Like, yeah, take him or leave him. Like, I don't care. It's like, it's like, it's like gonk. Like, no one cared. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, those are my kind of choices is that we got Talanji and Zakan. Those are, those are my two choices. But, so I will actually accept Flynn because, hey, he, he's in a book now. Is it exploring Eastern? I kingdoms? don't. I for the record, I don't expect Flynn because as much as I love him, that's like a C. Is a it's not even a B character. It's like a C character. Yeah, I mean Matthias Get it? Shaw. He likes the C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was lame. Um, <laughs> I okay. So if you're not going to accept Torelian, which I think is just the best answer, um, will you accept Cadgar? Uh, no. <laughs> he's been Why? around since practically. He's been around since Warcraft One. I think he's the actually longest lasting character in the entire storyline. I mean, he was in the Warcraft movie. Well, yeah, but that was the Warcraft movie. I didn't know if he was in Warcraft 1. Yeah, he was. He was totally in Warcraft 1. Man. Yeah, he, he was actually the original Archmage that you got to, like, play. Because in Warcraft 1, you actually, one of the missions is you go and kill Medivh. Because, you know, you get to go kill Medivh. Yeah. Right. As a matter of fact, I think uh, for, if you're playing along at home for the quiz show, everybody... Cadgar is, I believe, the longest-lasting single character in the entirety of the Warcraft lore that was there in the very beginning and is still doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's coming up for some big stuff here soon. I hope so. I love Cadgar. You're shooting down all my answers. Yeah, I know. It's actually hard because a lot of these characters, they come from the RTSs. Well, they've been around. Yeah, like so many of them have been around for so long. That's why I went for Battle of Azeroth characters because... They were introduced to Azeroth, and I really liked them. I'm assuming you all accept Bolvar. Uh, Bolvar? No, I'll totally accept him. Um, there's a chance I could be wrong, but I think he was in World of War. I think he was first introduced in World of Warcraft in Classic. Okay. I don't, like, I could be wrong. Yeah, let's, hey, Wowpedia. Let's <laughs> Why are you looking it up? Because, like, what, partly Bolvar, because all my other good answers are invalid but <laughs> i he he has had you know back from the days of being you know regent and taking care of random and whatnot like and yeah there's some years where there wasn't a whole lot from him that we saw but he you know had some in wrath and beyond as he became the lich king and i we don't know what the future holds for him but he's playing a big role in shadowlands and bulvar counts while i what? Bulver totally counts. counts. Okay. We, we don't know who's ending yet, but if we're talking about a story that has a completion that wraps up, I think his will have a good completion and will wrap up. Yeah. I mean, Talia is right there in Oribos. Yeah. So I would love to uh, see some more Talia. Love me see some more Kalia. I know not a lot of everybody likes Kalia for whatever reason, but she's, she's pretty cool. Kind of she like is. I, I agree with you. I think I think a lot of people just don't like that she's a, you know, like forged, undead, whatever. Yeah, I don't think she's trying to, like, set up shop at Undercity and just take over everybody. Like, just relax. Like, that's, that's yeah. a Lillian Voss's thing. As a character, though, I, I like her. Oh, like, this is a good character. Before the Storm is great. Lillian Voss. 
As she she was introduced in Cataclysm. Like true. She's had a really long story too. Yeah, so Ooh. A that's good a good answer. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, so yeah, when you first try and dig into this, there's uh there's lots of good options, but uh, yeah, so I think I think uh, Garrosh and probably Varian, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that Varian was introduced in World of Warcraft, not other previous media. He wasn't in one, two, or three? No. No, he was not. That's surprising to me. Well, because you're you're dealing with, with Lordaeron and um and Arthas, right? Varian would have been down in Stormwind. You never go to Stormwind in, in Warcraft three. It's all upper eastern kingdoms. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't played him for a while, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Because that's how my memory is. I mean, <laughs> there's a chance the name might have been, like, thrown out there, but I don't... Well, if it's thrown out there, doesn't it, that mean he was introduced in it? I don't know, but mm. you're probably right. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I can't keep it all straight. He definitely existed before World of Warcraft, okay? <laughs> yes, he existed before World of Warcraft. <laughs> In the timeline of the stories. <laughs> All right. I mean, if we're going that route, so did Bolvar. So, so Garrosh, if we're going that route. Dear <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Anyways. All right. Now. Here is the classic community question that you just ha- yeah, yeah, have to bring up whenever you talk about Garrosh. Did Thrall cheat in the Matgara? You left me to pick up your pieces! You failed me! Strength of a true warrior. I do not rely on strength alone, Karash. My power is all around you. is a good question what do you think I think no now I had very just like my own personal feelings like Garrosh knew what he signed up for you know what I mean like he, he knew what he was getting to it's Thrall this is a world shaman dude you know I'm pretty sure <laughs> world shaman dude yeah so he's like he, he knew what he was getting into so I I never thought that it was like oh, oh he cheated Macaross it's just you know, weapons and, and loincloths and, and fight to the death. Garrosh was in pants, right? So, I'm just saying, yes, if they were going by the old, old rules, okay, of, like, which is uh, discussed in The Shattering, Garrosh cheated too, right? They didn't, they, this, this was, right? This was more like a, a random street brawl, because, what is it, in the... In the Matgarat and the Shattering, they had, uh, number one, you had a shaman that was allowed to bless your weapon, right? 
that's where right. that's where the whole Magatha Grim Totem thing came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you went in there, you know, basically, uh, you know, no armor and a single weapon. Okay, so if you're following that whole line of thinking, like I said, this was much more of just a random street ba- brawl, and Garrosh knew exactly what he was getting into. Now. The other reason why I think I know exactly why Garrosh knew what he was getting into is because the first time he had a mock Garah with Thrall, Thrall was using his uh, his his magics, right? He was throwing lightning bolts left and right, and you know, there's a YouTube video of it. You can go watch the pre-patch event where he, it's like the the, the the scourge invade Orgrimmar, but you could watch them fight their little mock Garah ahead of time. Thrall was being a shaman, right? <laughs> yeah. So, no, I don't think he cheated. Would you agree? Yeah, it's... I, I've, I've gone back and forth on it, but I think at the end of the day, I'd have to agree with that. I'm glad I was able to agree, uh, make you see that Thrall was not a cheater, even if he thought so in his own mind. Because, <laughs> I mean... Well, of course Thrall's going to think that, but... No, no, Thrall had all sorts of issues because obviously this is when he kind of stopped being a shaman for a little bit because he was like, I feel sad. Bah. And the Shadowlands. He started being a shaman again. Cool. Plus, it's Garrosh. I mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those kind of whole come full circle moments, probably, for, for Thrall. Because yeah. he was the the dude who, you know, convinced him to come with him to Orgrimmar. He saw all the potential he had in him. And he could, all, the only thing he could probably see is just how much he screwed up. And, you know, putting him in charge probably way too early. You know, not, you know, thinking that uh, leaving behind just Cairn and uh, like Vol'jin to, you know, to temper him, to, right. you know, let him learn and grow as a leader. Mm, I don't think that works out very well when you put a arrogant hothead in charge of everyone and you're expecting him to listen to his lessers, Right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if you put him into a leadership position, but not the the top war chief, but just like, okay, you're like, you know, second, maybe third, you know, you're back there, but you know, you get some experience, kind of like up in Northrend. He he did well there, but when you gave him all the power, all that shit went to his head. (laughs) He was the, you know, like the indestructible teenager that was like, I'm gonna do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You only live once. Woo! YOLO. <laughs> oh, God. Can you just imagine Kara saying YOLO? Yeah, actually. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of can. All right. Let's see here. All right. Well, that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Did you have any other final thoughts, you know, conclusions on your the whole Garrosh story? No, I think it's it's a better story than what I've given it credit to in the past when you sit down and look at the whole story. So I think it's it's cool to kind of just really look at the whole picture with him again. Yeah. And just kind of see how it is. Yeah, I actually had a lot of fun kind of reviewing and going through these notes. And I was like, oh, yeah, he did that. Oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun just to see, like, every last little bit of, like, kind of what he did. Obviously, this wasn't a super duper deep dive into the life and times of, of Garage, but these were definitely the the biggest moments and just a little little reminder of the kind of crap that he did. Well, I think this is where we're going to wrap it up, 
But before we go, like we always do, no reviews this week. But, you know, if you would like to leave us a review, you can always do so on Apple Podcasts and or WarcraftRadio.com slash directory. And of course, we have to say very huge thank you to all of our top patrons out there, you know, the lore tier. So, uh, Allie, you want to say thanks to all these fine folks? I sure do. So we have Kellen P., Mud, Chris Malor, Dungeon Master Burke, and Anna. Thank you so very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it really does mean a lot. So we can't get out of here properly without doing what we always do, which is this one. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right. So this little fun story comes from two places. First of all, I was doing my normal thing, you know, as as one does when they're bored, scrolling the social media or the TikTok, you know, uh, <laughs> just looking at that. And it came across the story and I was just like, oh, man, this is too cool not to share. But then we also got an email from, uh, you know, Oxvale Horde over there. Uh, hey, how you doing? And they were like, hey, I absolutely have to share this story. So I had to reply to the email. I was like, yes, the story is fantastic. And I already found it. So now I absolutely know that I have to play it. So we both found it. <laughs> Great minds. Yeah, exactly. Great minds. So this is just a quick little news story from, uh, I believe there was a CBS over there. And, you know, it was one of those things that you just kind of, when you, when you hear the story, you're just like, that was a good idea. So here we go. When the SOS went up at a troubled school, who answered the call? A bunch of DADs. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. But strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? Well, Dad, we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? Are us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting, people started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads it's have just... the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. <laughs> they just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your student's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. <laughs> and it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure, the father figure at home. Or a male, period, in their life. Like so that. just to be here makes a big difference. 
Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. I think absolutely. I absolutely. Yeah. Have a good morning. They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Shreveport, Louisiana. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was too good of a story not to share. So, uh, once again, thank you very much, uh, you know, Oxville for sharing that with us. I, you know, it was a fantastic story and I couldn't help but, but not share it with with everybody because, you know, it's just nice to hear people out there do, doing some good, you know, keeping people from getting arrested for fighting in school and things like that. That's just, that was just awful. Don't like to hear that. Well, you have anything else to share before we get out of here or should I press this little button? I think you should push the button. All right, I'm going to push the button. Just push a button, and then we'll pull a garage and turn into a pile of ash. What flavor of kombucha would Thrall drink? Flavor of kombucha? He'd probably drink, I don't know, Kaja Cola. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll go guava. It's the best. Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs> <laughs>